0: Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Life in Madland podcast. What I'm going to start off talking about today is how to keep yourself busy, how to keep yourself entertained during the lockdown. I'm basically going to talk about my own experiences of what I've been doing to pass the time. So the first one, the most boring one to get out of the way is obviously work. A lot of us still have work to do, work at home. Um, if you're a parent obviously you still have to do the job of being a parent which is as we all know a full-time job Um, I've actually quite enjoyed having work to do I'm quite grateful for it because it still um, keeps me busy on a day-to-day basis and it gives you a bit of purpose to your day as well you can still feel like you've achieved something. The next thing is daily exercise I think when the government say Um, that they recommend that you're still going out and exercising every day. They really have got the nail on the head of one of the main ways that people can stay happy and healthy during the lockdown. Myself, I go out every morning shortly before lunch and I do a workout for around half an hour to an hour and I know that that makes me feel a lot better every time I do it and it's actually something that I look forward to every day as well and to go along with that is going outside I think if you spend even if it's just half an hour a day outside out of the house then it can really refresh your mind and make you feel a lot less trapped within the house I'm lucky I've got a garden so I go out in the garden every day uh, normally to do a bit of reading uh, after my workout um but if you don't have a garden obviously you can go out and you can just find somewhere to go for a walk where it's not going to be too built up hopefully nowhere should be I went for a walk to the park the other day and in the entire park there was only four other people so it was very easy to maintain that social distancing uh, similar to what I've just mentioned really is reading I read something online quite recently about how um, a lot more people are now reading a lot more people are buying books as well and I think reading is so important because for me personally if I've spent hours in a day reading I really don't feel like I've wasted my time if I spend hours watching tv or playing video games sometimes it does feel like I've wasted my time but reading you're still keeping your mind and your brain active so it's very different I know that reading gives me lots of rewards and I think at a time like this during lockdown I think it can be very rewarding to other people as well maybe even people who aren't normally big readers I also find, find finding some way of being creative on a daily or a weekly basis is also very beneficial. I am quite into my writing, so I have been doing a bit a bit of writing. I also have this podcast. It's something that I can think about, think of ideas for, maybe jot down some ideas of things that I could talk about. And again, it's just another way of keeping your mind busy and keeping it from making sure that you're not just thinking about the pandemic 24 7 because if you think about it too much you might go a bit mad so it is a distraction and the other thing is video calls i have been doing video calls on a daily basis um, normally before i have dinner and it's again it's something to look forward to every day and It makes you feel a lot less like you're on your own in this. You can all talk about your own experiences of lockdown, talk about what you're going through. A lot of people, a lot of us don't have much to talk about in regards to experiences at the moment because we're not going out and having as much fun as we usually do. But we still have this big shared experience of the lockdown, which is um, something we all have a different experience of. So there's still something to share. I find with TV and films, it's actually best to not binge watch at the moment for two reasons. One is you might literally run out of things to watch. And the other is you might just feel a little bit like you haven't done much with your day if you binge watch an entire series. It also, again, I keep repeating this, but it just gives you something to look forward to if you spread it out. I was recently watching Tiger King. I think pretty much everyone in the country has been watching Tiger King at the moment. It is amazing. And I allowed myself to watch one episode a day whilst I was having my lunch. And it was such an interesting series. I did find myself looking forward to watching an episode every day. I've got a couple of other Series that I'm watching as well. But again, I'm spreading them out different parts of the day, and it's just a nice way of breaking up the day. And the same with films. I'm not watching films on a daily basis. Um, If I hear a good recommendation, if I read about one that that sounds interesting, if I see something that looks good, then I will make sure I set aside a bit of time. So once again, it's something I can look forward to watching. With video games, I have found this is the Perfect time to play those video games that you haven't had the time to play previously. I don't know if anyone else is like me, but I buy games and then I find that because my life is normally very busy, it just gets in the way and I never really get around to finishing them. Or maybe I'll get a bit bored and again, because I don't have much time anyway, I won't persevere with it. Whereas now I'm playing through games that. I previously haven't given enough attention to I'm also trying to make sure that I still enjoy food I do love food and it's hard to do exactly the kind of cooking that you want Obviously, you can't pop down to the shop whenever you want and when you do there are still things missing Um, but for example very recently I did bake a banana bread that's another thing that I think pretty much every household in Britain seems to have baked a banana bread at some point this week so I kind of decided I was going to uh, join in with a hype on that and it was nice to do some baking. I haven't baked anything in quite a long time and uh, it did used to be one of my hobbies that I did every single week so I think that might be something that I try and get back into to also keep me busy and also because I like eating it. I've got a sweet tooth and I always enjoy eating what I've baked and I'm trying to uh, make sure that I have other foods in my shops that I'm doing, even though it's, um, like I said, it's not as enjoyable because you can't go out whenever you want. Uh, you can't pop out just if you feel like something, but in within my uh, shops that I'm doing, trying to make sure that I'm including food that I know that I will look forward to. And the other thing is going for a drive, Going for a drive doesn't mean you have to stop and get out. For me personally, I quite enjoy driving. I find it quite relaxing. I find it good me time, and I've always enjoyed it. It's also the only time, generally, that I get a chance to listen to music. I uh, listen to music on the way to work, on the way back from work, and I've been missing that actually with obviously not being able to go into work so if you go for a drive turn your music up have a good sing-along I find it it just um, puts you in that kind of mindset of things being a little bit more normal. What I'm going to be talking about today I've got another top 10 list this time I've gone for my top 10 books of all time. This was a difficult one because um, anyone that knows me knows that outside of the the people that I love books are my favorite thing in the world pretty much um, there was so many I thought of and I've kind of narrowed it down so that there's maybe a little bit of a mix here um, like I mentioned previously from what I've read people are doing a lot more reading at the moment that's why I thought it might be a good idea to do this list now maybe there'll be some books on this list that you haven't read before that might be worth a go Um, At number 10, I've gone for the story of my experiments with the truth, which was written by Gandhi. It's his autobiography. I mentioned this on the last podcast because I also mentioned the Gandhi film in my top 10 films. And it's for very much the same kind of reasons, really. It tells the story of someone who had an amazing life. So much happens throughout this autobiography. The different stages of his life were all in many ways so separate from each other in regards to the experiences that he was having. And throughout the book, you can see him developing as a person. I think we all often think of Gandhi as the person he was towards the end of his life. This gives you much more of an insight as to what he was like before that and the experiences that helped him become that amazing person that he was towards the end of his life. My number nine book is Natives by Akala. Akala is a rapper. He is possibly my favorite living rapper, someone that I really admire, uh, someone that I've been going on about for many, many years to anyone that will listen. And this book is probably the best non-fiction book that I've personally ever read it's extremely accessible it's easy to read but it's also very informative I found that I did learn a lot of things I didn't know previously from this book and it's also a good mix of historical fact but he also links that historical fact to his personal experiences in the present day so it's constantly giving you that idea of how history affects our lives now uh, my number eight book I've put my friend Dharma by Durf back Durf. this is a graphic novel it's genuinely bizarre one of the weirdest books I've ever read it is about somebody that actually knew the serial killer Jeffrey Dharma at school and his memories of him as being a very strange person it reminds me a little bit of the art style of Robert Crumb. So if you like things by Robert Crumb, you might enjoy this. And it also gives you an unusual insight into the mind of a serial killer. Obviously, true crime is extremely popular. Um, we've all watched this series on Netflix. We've all read the books. But this one, the way it's presented, the fact it's about his school life and nothing else. It doesn't go into much detail of what he became afterwards. It's a very unique insight. My number seven book is 1984 by George Orwell. This isn't necessarily my favourite book of all time but it's um, a very important book to me because it is the book that I would say got me into what you might call serious reading. As a teenager I had fallen out of love with reading for a few years and then we did 1984 at school and everything changed. It was the first book that we had done at school in quite a while that really grabbed my attention and made me think. It is one of those must-read books. It's a classic for a reason and uh, the cliche to say is that it is still extremely relevant to our lives now, maybe even more relevant than when it was actually written. My number six book is Freedom by Jonathan Franzen. So Jonathan Franzen writes these really long novels about families and they will be spread over years and years. It's the story of a family and I found that I cared about every character. I was interested in every character and considering the amount of characters he gets through across these many years, it's quite a feat that he's managed to get me invested in all of them. And also it flows really well. Sometimes long novels can drag and it's a bit of a slog when you get to the end of it. But with this novel, it never felt like a slog. The flow was perfect. And I was actually disappointed when it finished that there wasn't more to read. All of his books I personally really enjoy. So I do recommend him as a writer. My number five book is The Road by Cormac McCarthy. This is another one that I actually mentioned when I was doing my top 10 films because The Road, the film, is also one of my favorite films. It's written in beautifully simple language, just like all of Cormac McCarthy's books. He's very different to a lot of writers. He has an unusual use of grammar and punctuation. He is someone that can teach you that you don't need to use grammar and punctuation in the way that you're taught at school in order to write something that's beautiful and moving and important, which is an, an important lesson for people to learn. I think um, again, I would say that it has a good flow to it. It's over before you know it and you wish that it was longer. And also it's like I mentioned the film, it's that relationship between the father and the son that really keeps you hooked. The relationship is very believable it feels very real and it's very moving. My number four book is Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. So when we did 1984 at school I found myself googling it and loads of the things I read online told me that if I like 1984 I should read Brave New World as the other dystopian novel um, that's considered a kind of must read for anyone. And it really didn't disappoint. It's for me, I think, the most accurate dystopian novel in regards to portraying the direction that I see society going in. Although everyone will have their own opinions of that. It's different in the sense that in this story, people are bred to love their own captivity people don't feel as if they're trapped they feel as if they are leading the life that they should and therefore they don't think outside the box they don't expect anything else from their lives Um, there's lots of other themes to go in there as well in regards to this book Uh, that's just one of them and incredibly interesting really thought-provoking definitely recommend it My number three book of all time is the most modern one and the most recent one that I've read on this list. It's Normal People by Sally Rooney. So she is a current author. She's a young woman. And this, I believe, was her second novel. It's a very accurate portrayal of a complex relationship. When I read the blurb on the back, it almost sounded a bit cheesy. But as soon as I started reading it, um, I found myself really drawn into the relationship between the two main characters. There's lots of moments in there that I also found very relatable. It goes from uh, their teenage years through to their adulthood. And yeah, there were lots of things that I, that I recognized as just being very true. I think particularly uh, when it's talking about the teenage relationship. My number two book of all time is The Colour Purple by Alice Walker. It's got a really beautiful narrative voice. When you start reading it um, initially, it's all written in a kind of Southern American dialect, as in the Southern United States. And I think after about a page, I was thinking this might be quite difficult to read in this dialect the whole time. But actually by the end of the second page, I was listening to the character as if she was speaking to me herself and it just all flowed perfectly Um, it's a very heartbreaking story lots of tragic uh, things happen to the main character you feel incredibly sorry for her but all of the characters in the story are amazing they're incredibly memorable and you really go on the journey with the character Um, my number one book of all time is Ham on Rye by Charles Bukowski for me this isn't a difficult choice Uh, it's a coming of age story and it's been my favorite book ever since I read it many years ago when I was at university Uh, the thing that I love about this book is it is just so raw and real Um, Bukowski does not pull any punches with his writing to say the least if you're easily offended i wouldn't read this he says exactly what he thinks and feels pretty much all of his books I think apart from one are based on his own experiences maybe sometimes loosely uh, but it feels very personal the writing does it's hilariously funny to the point where it makes me laugh out loud but then it's also very sad in parts as well and sometimes it switches between these two emotions really quickly but also really effectively it's also a very quotable book I found myself quite often uh, reading a line and then going back to it and saving it on my phone or writing it down on a piece of paper because I didn't want to forget the sentence because it was just so good so well written and again it's very well some of it is very relatable I think that Charles Bukowski is a polarizing character, someone that um, (laughs) I think I would have been very different to if I'd ever met him, if we'd been alive at the same sorts of times. Uh, But a lot of the experiences that he talks about are things that you do recognize. They're very human experiences. Uh, Lots of them are things that we've maybe all gone through to some extent. And for me personally, he's my favorite writer. Anything by him, I think is well worth the read. But anyway, thanks for listening to my second episode of my podcast. Again, let me know if you've got any ideas of other things that I could do the podcast on. Keep yourself safe. Um, make sure you look out for each other. If you think someone might be feeling a bit lonely, give them a call. And maybe give one of those books I've mentioned a read and let me know what you thought of it.